Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. While David Pachler was born in Israel, he spent his youth here in South Africa. His father was a well-known rabbi in Johannesburg. David returned to Israel in 1999 and completed an MA in the field of Israel Diaspora Relations at the Hebrew University under the guidance of the eminent professor Gideon Shimoni. He is currently in South Africa to do research in his PhD, which focus on, focuses on the religious resurgence of Johannesburg Jewry from 1970 until the present day. David, welcome and thank you for joining me. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, David, your master's thesis was on the Jewish factor in Israeli foreign policy, the case of South Africa 1948 to 1994. What extent does any diaspora Jewish community have an impact on Israeli politics? Um, well, the, the very prominent diaspora communities may have some effect it's doubtful that juries in South Africa, Australia, South America, which are not numerically that powerful and don't really exert such influence, it's doubtful they have much impact on Israeli foreign policy when it, when it regards relations between the host state, in other words, the state where those Jews are situated, and Israel itself. So, bigger countries like America, do you think, do you have an impact? They may have an impact. I'm not sure, I don't um, investigate the extent to which U.S. jury has had an impact. Israel certainly wants to give them the impression that it has an impact, <laughs> but I'm not sure if, to what extent. So, what made you decide to investigate this topic? Well, I was doing research for um, Giron Shimoni on his book, and he, because of, because I was living in Israel and the archives were right there, so I investigated anyway. I was I was in the I was investigating the relationship between, um, particularly between the Jewish community and and Israel, the South African Jewish community and Israel, and because I had that knowledge already, so I made it into a master's thesis. Um, and I was always interested in Israel diaspora relations, and that was part of my, that was the mainstream of my MA degree, was Israel diaspora relations. There are many streams that you can choose. One of them was Israel diaspora. The other was the Holocaust. There were a few others. So Israel diaspora, I'm also fascinated by Israel diaspora because there is obviously a great connect, but at some point the interests may not necessarily align. Uh, often interests don't align. I would I would agree with you. Um, Israel would like to give the impression that they're always there for the diaspora, and and in in case in in, in South Africa certainly and, and other countries, South Africa is very pro-Zionist. So South Africa certainly wants the best interests of Israel, as far as I understand. Maybe things have changed a tiny bit now, but it, South Africa is a fiercely Zionist. Um, community. So, it, it, South Africa, South African Jews have a great interest that Israel thrives. Whether Israel is always cognizant of South African Jewish interests is another question. I don't know if it's a two way street, uh, in short. So, what did your research show? What was the outcome of your research? 
So the outcome of my research is that, um, unfortunately, South African Jews were used when it was convenient to explain certain actions of the government, of the Israeli government. But when it wasn't convenient, South African Jews did not feature that much. Uh, to give an example, um, in the 1960s, Israel, for whatever reason, ideological or practical, economical, um, diplomatic, wanted to foster relations with the rest of Africa. Uh, from 1961 onwards, about then, um, Africa was becoming decolonized. And it could be that certain neighbor Zionists had this utopian vision that Israel would lead Africa and, and into the emancipation. Israel also, um, some people viewed themselves as emancipated and therefore they wanted to strengthen relations between themselves and Africa. Now, South Africa was an amnesis to the rest of Africa or the black African states and therefore they wanted as best, as much as they could to show African states that they were in favor of African states. So besides the economic aid that they gave, they wanted to show that they were with them diplomatically. And that meant that they would have to vote with them in the United Nations against against South Africa, which now sounds like a reasonable proposition. In those days, in the 60s, it was very rare for any Western... However, Israel, Israel wanted to portray itself as Western, whether it is or not is another question. But... Um, the Western countries normally abstained. They didn't vote in favor of South Africa, but they normally abstained. Israel went out of its way to support resolutions that condemned South Africa. And this obviously had an effect on how the government viewed Israel. And because the government viewed Israel as a Jewish state, they saw some connection between the Jewish state and between the Jewish population, and this caused tension. Israel never seemed to worry about, they always say they're a free state, um, the South African Jews can do what they want, there's no real association, that's what they said. But in the 1970s, when Africa basically abandoned them, um, I think four African states maintained relations after the Yom Kippur War, um, suddenly Israel discovered that there's an interest in fostering South African Jewish community. And therefore, um, Gabi Sheffer, he's a certain, he's an academic who deals with Israel's diaspora relations. He speaks about the triangular relationship. Now, sometimes when Israel has a relationship with a certain state, it affects Jews in another state. So Israel's relationship with South Africa would, especially in the 70s when people were more alert and especially in the early 80s, would affect um, the Jewish community in the United States and those Jewish communities which were particularly against apartheid. It was becoming more and more fashionable and, and perhaps for the right reasons to be anti-apartheid. Most of the Jewish community were very anti-apartheid. They were the movers of sanctions against South Africa in, in the United States. And um, Jews... If the United States could not understand why Israel would maintain such open relations with South Africa. Recently, apparently a book has been written that many countries 
um, maintain the relationship. But Israel openly supports South Africa, and they did so in international fora. Um, they may not have voted for South Africa, but they certainly abstained in many resolutions. And they certainly tried to foster a strong relationship with South Africa with the excuse that they were worried about South Africa's Jewish community. Um, they did not, didn't worry about American Jewish community at that time, but they worried about, and the ironic thing is that in the 80s, as the 80s progressed, 84, 85, when South Africa was losing the battle in the international forum and could not afford to ever retaliate against Jews as it could perhaps in the 1960s when it had a much more anti-Semitic regime headed by Favot and then Foster, but Favot particularly, when South Africa would not have retaliated and Israel knew that the likelihood of, of South Africa retaliating against its pop- a Jewish population was very low, it's still hung to the theory that it has to protect its Jewish community, and for that reason, it cannot support sanctions, it has to have a a diplomatic relationship, a weapons relationship, economic relationship, a sporting relationship. Everything turned suddenly because they rediscovered this Jewish interest. It's absolutely fascinating, and probably here's a good place to take a break. Right. After the break, um, we're going to just, talk a little bit about why you stopped in your studies when you did and then a little bit about your new research Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert I'm talking to David Fechler um, who is a PhD student based at Hebrew University and he is currently doing his thesis on the resurgence of Johannesburg jury from 1970 until the present. Just before the break, um, David, we were looking a little bit at your master's thesis and you're explaining the intricate relationships between all diaspora jury and Israel. You stopped, obviously, in 1994. Right. That being the logical place to stop. Yes. But um, do you have any comments about post-1994 before you move on to your PhD? Um, it's difficult for me to comment with any... Um, with any educated opinion about the years that follow. Um, the, the year, the 1994 is, is when apartheid ended, and obviously the non-aligned movement and certain things occurred in South Africa which changed that relationship. I mean, there's still an embassy here, and things may be tense, but, uh, but it's, it's difficult to comment... On um, on the relation, I, I will just say that there are two things that disturbed me, two incidents, when the head of the opposition, um, Tsipi Livni, was invited to speak, I think it was in in 2010, and the at the same time there was a strike uh, of the Hisadrut, so she was worried that she wouldn't have um, the security that the foreign ministry offers, and therefore she cancelled the tour. At that time, the Krengel brothers were in the Zion Board of Deputies and the Zionist Federation, and I think Zev Krengel was very upset with what happened. And the Jewish community seemed to defend Israel rather than take the side of Zev Krengel. And I would have thought that the South African jury should have actually taken a proactive stand against that decision. At the same time, if I'm not mistaken, 
England had invited someone, and because of the UK partnership with Israel, Israel decided that somehow the strike doesn't apply there. And it does apply to South Africa, so I'm not sure. I think the same carelessness or lack of... Look, they make hard-nosed decisions, but that was a decision that that, that I, I found problematic. And I'd also say the lack of representation... There may be good reasons. At Mandela's funeral, well, that prompted me to write a whole um, essay in um, in Haaretz. But that that lack of diplomatic representation was also seemed to me a step in the face in the South African community. Um, for all uh, Mandela is, is revered among all the communities in South Africa, and especially among the Jewish community, and he had a special affinity. Um, he was in favor of Zionism, despite his criticisms of it, and it would have been more prudent of Israel had they sent uh, the prime minister or the president at the time. And uh, I think it's unfortunate that this didn't happen. Otherwise, you can't blame Israel for everything. There's many times I think uh, South Africa might be in favor of the BDS. There's certain things that they're insensitive to, but I don't have any expertise or specialization in, in that in that kind of thing. The nineteen forty eight to nineteen ninety four was a very neat yes. uh, way. It was nineteen forty eight yes. to nineteen seventy or seventy three, but things started improving after the Six Day War. And then seventy three till ninety four, well till about eighty eight when everyone started sanctioning and that but that's that's an easier yes, cut yes. of that. 